Hello and welcome to Who Are You? It's a Babylon 5 watchcast by a couple of former strangers who are now friends, who are still getting to know each other over one of their favorite shows from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Laura. And I'm Jafar. And today, we're going to recast our new favorite captain. Yeah. Today we are recasting Captain Elizabeth Lockley. Indeed. You know what's crazy about this? What? You know, I, I think I've expressed so far a little bit of like trepidation about Captain Lockley and not necessarily knowing how I feel about her. Yeah. But after watching this episode and then having to recast her, it came to me so quickly. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we really get her cemented as a character in this episode. Yeah, I think so. Which... I am a little bit resentful about, but we'll get to that when we get to reviews. I won't spoil that for everyone, but I knew Im immediately what I wanted when yeah. I thought about Lockley and I want that actor who can give us a lot of deadpans that are very funny. Okay. I have two picks and... I will go with one of them first because unfortunately this person recently passed and we will oh. not be able to have this person in the reboot. But I immediately thought of Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. I was like, I want Andre. Bra Is it Braher? I think so. Brayer? I don't know how it said, but. You know, that's one of those things when you're reading it and you're like, depending on whatever origin of this word, it could be said many different ways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I haven't heard it recently. So Andre, I'm just going to call him Andre. I feel like yeah. he would be an excellent Lockley. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Bring, bring all that Captain Holt energy. Spill it out on the screen for me. And we love it. We love Captain Holt, right? We so, do. God, Brooklyn yeah. Nine-Nine is such a good show. Yes. I love everything about it. Yeah. <laughs> but since we can't have Andre, since mm -hmm. uh, he recently passed in this point in time, I was like, okay, who's another actor that could bring that for me? Yeah. And my next would be Nick Offerman. Okay. Yeah. He just also would can be do doing that the, deadpan very well. That, just bring the Ron Swanson energy and I'll be just fine. Yeah. Um, I accidentally started rewatching Parks and Rec and now I'm just tumbling through that yeah. right now. It's just like, oh, oh, Parks and Rec is on. And then you end up watching all of it. So like, what episode was that? Okay. And then you find it on streaming and then you're just in season six on accident. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the best shows of the last ever. I think we need that for our Babylon 5 reboot. We want to wake up one day and realize that we've been awake for, you know, 72 hours watching all of the reboot. So, yes, For I think sure. that I need the deadpans. I need the comedy. I also need somebody who can deck Mr. Garibaldi. Or yeah. I believe my Garibaldi pick was Tig Notaro. So I want to I want to see them go toe to toe. That's what that I need. That sounds fun. <laughs> I did not consider my Garibaldi pick, but I did consider my Sheridan pick. Yeah, do tell. Um, so I want a... A strong woman who can take no bullshit and send it right back. And for me, growing up with Starship Troopers in my early teens is a movie sure. that very much comes to mind. 
And so I already cast Casper Van Dien as Sheridan. I think it would be a lot of fun and also role appropriate for Dina Meyer to be Lockley. Okay. And then there's this fun alternate universe reality where their former marriage was during a bug invasion. Like you you get the whole thing. Like it's not part of Babylon five. You might make a coy joke. Maybe that's uh, my SG one watch through on last time on, which is not afraid to make jokes about actors, previous roles. Uh-huh. Um, at their own expense and really appreciating that and finding that very funny. Maybe that's coming through here. Um, yeah. But Dina Meyer, my pick. Yeah, I like that. I like both of these. Yeah. I think we're putting together a bang up cast for the reboot and for somebody sure. just needs to call us. <laughs> yeah. Right. Give us yeah. the keys. Please don't. <laughs> Dear God. Oh, God, that would be so horrible. No, thank you. I don't want to be responsible in that. Goes poorly. Just pick one of these actors. Just pick one of these actors. I'll love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We got some some strange picks for some strange relations. Not really. That was not good. No, I liked it. Okay. Well, we got season five, episode six, strange relations. (laughs) (laughs) Not everything needs to be a perfect segue. The, the allure is strong, though. Yeah. I try. <laughs> I get it. Hey, did you love the shots when we opened this episode? Yeah, this is another John C. Flynn, who is okay. their cinematography guy doing the directing job this time. He's mm-hmm. done a couple of episodes in the past. We've brought it up. Um, and also, he's the guy that Lanier or yeah, the guy Lanier lies to and says he's got a super contagious disease to in Space DSA. Right. We like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so when we see his name on the director credits, we expect a very heavy episode leaning into his cinematography style. And Mm -hmm. this does not disappoint with the, like the curve of the ship and the station front and stuff. It's all very well framed that CGI shot. I really didn't like it. It's good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, me too. We open on that CGI shot and then we go to Delenn confronting Lockley. She knows about her and John's past. Um, Lockley has to keep it private, but Garibaldi is snooping just out of yeah. frame. Is he just following Lockley all the time? I'd like to think so. Yeah. He's definitely not doing his job, right? He doesn't know how to do his job. He's a homeschool security guy who got in charge of the CIA somehow. He has no idea what to do. So he has just... failed upwards. He is Peter Principal. 100%. In fact, it's not we're it's no longer the Peter Principle. It is the Garibaldi Principle. We're renaming it uh, in yes. honor of this fictional character who embodies it so thoroughly. Yes, yes. I think he's hired those telepaths, right? And he's like, I'm just going to let them do things and come to me. <laughs> and I'm just going to follow Lockley around the station all day. He is Wiley Coyote and Lockley is the roadrunner. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> And he feels he's Daffy Duck is the most ironic part of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, a ship arrives to escort Lando to Centauri Prime. He describes the situation, including his concerns about his fate to Zack in the observation lounge. He knows this is the point of no return. Fuck you, season three, episode nine. This is it. <laughs> not that one. This one. This one that's all about me. Yeah. Not just about the whole show in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Very Londo. On brand. The shuttle explodes to theme. 
And uh, oh. we come back to find an 11-hour repair time as a Psycor cruiser pulls in. Now, my question to you, because we finished this episode. Mm-hmm. This is the shuttle that is supposed to take Londo to the Centauri ship that explodes at the end of the episode. It Wait, came from what? the Centauri cruiser that we see explode later. Okay. Right? And this is why he can't get on because of this accident here. He can't get on the big cruiser, which then explodes. Okay. So the shuttle explodes and then the big ship explodes. Uh-huh. Sure. The shuttle explodes because it backs up into a wall. Just yeah, driver seems, error. Right. It seems like it's just operator error. He's just dicking around and not doing what Corwin told him to and then explode. Yeah. He's like Mariner turning off the autopilot, but he doesn't know what he's doing. Sure. Yes. Okay. And it's just like, I have to wonder if this is on purpose. What are the, like, we don't see ships explode very often outside of space battle. And they seem to be pretty self-sufficient and moderately automized. How does this happen to the same ship twice in an episode? An error causes something to explode or a bomb or something like, it seems ridiculous. Right. Uh, So much so that it. It makes me wonder if it's not an accident. Yeah. There's a lot of holes in this Londo plot, which I wanted to ask you to pull up the episode description because I could have sworn when you read it to me a week, two weeks, whatever it was. Oh, it was quite different than the one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it led off with Londo's assassination attempt, which is not a big part of this episode at all. So... I am now, with the Blu-ray release, I have gone over from watching these on streaming to not watching these on streaming, right? And so um, all of my episode descriptions are automated from a website called MovieDB, which has an API you can pull from to get stuff. Because I'm I'm running it off of a media server, whole thing. I don't need to get into it. But the descriptions, I particularly noticed because halfway through this episode, I switched from watching it on my media server to watching it streaming because I changed my physical location in my house and I didn't have something set up. And I saw the different description and was just like, holy shit, like huge difference. That's what I thought. So remind me what that description was that you read to me a couple weeks ago. Bester arrives at the station to arrest the down below telepaths and Lando barely escapes an assassination attempt. When the ship he was about to board explodes. I feel like that last sentence <laughs> overplays <laughs> the drama of this particular problem. <laughs> Agreed. The voodoo description is uh-huh. the secret of Sheridan and Lockley's past marriage is revealed. Okay. Psycorp's cop Bester tracks down the rogue telepaths. Lando's life is endangered. And Jakar is assigned as Lando's bodyguard, okay, which is that's, yeah. a three-sentence summarization of this entire episode, leaving nothing to imagination. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those descriptions, I feel, are bad. Honestly, I didn't feel like Lando's life was in danger at any point. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. He was fine the entire time. Yeah. Okay. Also, I feel like, like you said... The shuttle explosion seems suspicious, but I don't feel like the episode really supported that at all or tried to lead us in that direction or no, because we have Captain Lockley out here 
looking at the destruction or the damage for some reason. Again, mm-hmm. why why is the captain doing this? Oh, she's there to lean. She's there to bust some guy's balls about getting it fixed, right? Mm-hmm. That's the only reason she's there. Yeah, his <laughs> pinup poster is not up to regs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that would have been the time to be like, this is, there's like bomb residue or something, you know? But I yeah. don't, I didn't catch any of that. Maybe it was there and I missed it. I don't think it was. And I don't think this episode does a particularly good job of following up on the things that it's set up like that. And I'll just go ahead and say this here. Like, I had a terrible time taking notes on this episode because I kept having to pause because there was so much crammed in it that we'd be well onto the next scene that I needed to make notes about. And I'm still making notes about the scene before. So I kept having to stop. Yes, this is one of those like late season four episodes where it's Mm -hmm. like so much happens yet. I only have three pages of notes compared to my normal five. Really? They're just concise. There's there. I'll warn you now, listener. I don't got a whole lot of jokes prepped for this one. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to try to do it on the fly, right? We'll do it live. Fuck it. Right. It's going to be one of those ones where I'm, throwing shit up against the wall and hoping it sticks and hopefully I find a good joke in there somewhere but normally I have five pages of notes and probably a half dozen jokes of some variety to make in my notes at least and I got fucking nothing yeah maybe I'm just tired we are recording Mm -hmm. uh the week in between Christmas and New Year's which confusing week right the lost week um and it's been there's been a handful of personal stressors in my life in regards to it being the lost week yeah and it's i'll talk about it eventually uh but i can't talk about it on pod right now Mm -hmm, um sure but yeah it's been a week and i'm just i am just tired (laughs) i don't know and there's a lot here in this episode as we see, because the big whole assassination plot was relegated to C plot somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, it's hard to make jokes about assassination attempts and yeah. like people being arrested that shouldn't be because they're refugees and stuff. Right. Like, there's, it, it's heavy. Those and are heavy it's, topics. Yeah. It's heavy in the worst way, which is a casual way because yeah. it doesn't. The episode is trying to do so much. It doesn't spend a lot of time to let these things breathe so that you can think about how terrible they are. Yeah. And speaking of terrible, we're cutting to the next scene where Lita's looting med lab for supplies. Right. For the island of misfit telepaths. Like, that's really dark if you think about it. And this episode doesn't give you very long to sit with it. Terrible. Franklin's up front. It's like they can just come up here and get this stuff. And it's all like, no. They can't. You don't mm-hmm. understand what Psychor has put them through. They are mm-hmm. not going to go sit down in a lab with a doctor. That is trauma for them. Yeah. And even just coming up from down below is probably trauma because if there's anyone that recognizes who and what they are, they're going to get slurs thrown at them or they're going to get possibly assaulted or they're going to, it's going to be mm-hmm. unpleasant. Right. So. Asking them to just come to a doctor is asking a bit much. Also, like, two things on Franklin here. I've got two signs of the same coin. One, 
he should have a reputation with telepaths as being someone that's trustable. Like that's he did true. run the underground telepath railroad for a while, but mm-hmm. by the same token, he ran the underground telepath railroad for a while. You didn't ask those people to come to MetLab. You notably were running a fake underground clinic down below to mm-hmm. help them. Correct. What is so <laughs> inconvenient about doing that now, asshole? Yeah. If what circumstances this. have changed? None. Yeah. He should understand this. He should know that he needs to go to them and meet the community where it's at because this community is not going to inherently trust him. Exactly. And we have 30 seconds for that in this entire episode. Yeah. That's how tight this episode is. We should have spent longer. Yeah. I need to go back and listen to the yum yum on this one because I'm sure they will go into it much deeper than we will. But yeah, it's uh. Oh, man, this episode, it's just fucking, it's so much. Did you notice when we go down in the next scene to the island of Misfit Telepaths, we've had a nice little Anne Rice vampire den makeover. Oh, yeah. Lots of candles, lots of velvet curtains. Yeah, not at all culty. No. Have you watched the new AMC? No. Oh, it's so good, Laura. (laughs) Like, truly, um, if you are a fan of Anne Rice's work at all, it is 100% okay. worth your time to watch the new interview with a vampire. The thing okay. that they do, and I know I've talked about um, racial recasting in various regards in the past. This one had a little bit of people hating on it because they recast Louis as a black man. But God damn, does that make that character just a thousand times better? Yeah. Like it takes. So Louis as a character um, has this like anger about him, right? But he's like an aristocrat. It's this very like petulant, like, oh, I didn't get to my way anger, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of a thing, you know, (laughs) and it's he's supposed to be insufferable. And he is in a lot of reason ways for that, because that anger is not righteous at all. And instead, it takes that anger and places it as a black man in New Orleans at Mm. the turn of the 18th, you know, the turn of the 19th century. And it's just like. His anger, he does the same things. He still behaves the way he behaves, but it takes it from being a petulant, whining anger that is undeserved to a very righteous anger against the people who have discriminated against him for no other reason than his skin. And yeah, com- I like that twist. Yeah, it completely shifts the story um, and just makes it a hundred times better, in my opinion. Even Anne Rice who passed away while they were working on the show, but was involved in the very beginning stages of it mm-hmm. has gone on record of saying, I wish I had the courage to write Louis as black in the original novel, because this is an improvement. This is better. This makes things make more sense. I love that. I love when we put a, a more timely spin on things like things that maybe we didn't notice or acknowledge 30 years ago or whenever mm-hmm. things were written or first developed and we just twisted a little bit and put some more stank on it. I love it. Yeah. But totally worth your time. Go watch it. Okay. But anyway, Lita's got vitamins. Yeah. Lita's got vitamins to help Byron sleep. Uh, Get him that space ambient, yo. (laughs) Why are you bringing him vitamins? D vitamins ain't going to help that man sleep. There's got to be something in a tube now, right? That you just like into the neck. Anti-stims. Let's ask Franklin. Yeah. (laughs) 
Buster rolls in with a bunch of bloodhound psychops. A security mook pops in the office of Zack, but he's busy taking a shit. So Garibaldi finds out Bester is on board and he is just running. Oh, man. <laughs> this Okay, I've been giving Garibaldi a lot of shit. I do understand why he has emotions about this. He is yeah. still not right in how he is handling it, but I certainly understand the impetus. <laughs> I would like to think that I am in control of myself enough to behave better than he does here. Uh-huh. I can't say that for certain. <laughs> I'd, I'd really yeah. like to think that I am emotionally mature enough to not react how he does here. But <laughs> hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is actually the more like understandable of Garibaldi's actions since season five began than yeah. any of the other ones. This feels earned and motivated not that the writing hasn't been earned and motivated for garibaldi it's just that he's the person that is doing these things and shouldn't be doing these things and is wrong most of the time yeah but this one i'm like okay i finally empathize with you (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he gets to lockley's office just in time to get punched classic lockley yeah I enjoyed this a lot, even though I understood where he was coming from. Yeah. And I also enjoyed the fact that she's sitting, chilling with Bester, like being an adult. Yeah. And, but you know what? We see later that beneath the surface, she is a scheming. She is trying to figure out how to make this mm-hmm. work justly, even though she's got to follow certain procedures and protocols. Yeah. Franklin gets offered a gig in the Interstellar Alliance he can't turn down. Meanwhile, Jakar feels unfulfilled in his current role and wants to do more. Careful what you wish for. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking it's like the Narn genocide didn't even exist sometimes to season five. Yeah. Like Jakar should be worrying about like rebuilding at home and what can the Alliance do to help us with this and Everything is still very fresh, but we've just kind of hand-waved it away for a little bit. Yeah, we've forgotten about it so that we yeah. can have Londo and Jakar be buddies and make jokes. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like Jakar to me. Like, yes, he is a great buddy and great at jokes, but he cares a lot about Narn. We know that. For four seasons, he's cared deeply about Narn. I I hate this part. I, I, yeah. I hate jakar's londo's bodyguard it's completely nonsensical we'll talk more about it when we get to that part of the episode um first sheridan comes to dress down lockley about stopping garibaldi from breaking off a piece of bester but she turns it around on him pretty quickly (laughs) girl's got logic i'm still earth gov this is an earth force uniform i'm wearing they're part of my government and you're agreement with the interstellar alliance gives them Mm -hmm, mm self-governance fuck you just because it's inconvenient for you right yeah and he reluctantly comes around he realizes like oh right i can't be above the laws that i'm making right that's bad that would be a bad point he literally just fought a war over this exact thing admittedly a significantly different scale but mm-hmm. still 
the same thing. Yeah. He still wants to do right by the telepaths, but he's seeing that, oh no, you know, if, if I start doing this, then I'm a Clark and someone's coming after me, you know, mm -hmm. it's only a matter of time. Uh, Londo misses his ship out, which promptly explodes. Whoa. Yep. But, but we don't even see what detains Londo. Why does he miss the ship? We're the told- ship it's the shuttle. They, the shuttle bay is so fucked they can't get a car a ship oh, in to take him okay. out, I guess. Yeah. But we don't see Londo reacting to this. We don't see Londo discussing this with anyone. And also, a Psychor shuttle lands immediately afterwards. <laughs> Literally, the explosion yeah. happens, and we see the Psychor ship flying into land. Is What's there going a on there? Bay? But why well, can't we know we there, bring... there's several yeah. bays. That's what the big round thing is. It's full of ship stuff isn't it sure there's okay. a whole bunch of stuff know. right there yeah. yeah so it's just like you could just tell me that it's the psychor ship because it's an earth ship can dock directly with the station and doesn't need the thing that's broken that all the other alien ships need right uh -huh. yeah, that would make sure. sense there would be that thing there there would be a way to get a earth military shuttle to have troops on there in a way that isn't necessarily the main way everyone uses. That's something that would exist on an earth designed mm -hmm. military station. Could see that. Yeah. Just say the fucking thing. <laughs> Don't There's make no me time, sit here and guess. Yeah. This episode is crammed. There's no time. Yeah. We, we can tell. Zach and Lockley discuss the explosion point to an assassination attempt on Lando from a Centauri source. The explosives were Centauri in origin. Okay. We at least got that. And she decides she's going to go beat the shit out of Garibaldi for reals. <laughs> Somehow we leap from discussing this explosion to seeing that her file has been accessed by Garibaldi's code. And mm -hmm. she's ready to throw down finally. She's going to do the Sheridan Morden. <laughs> yeah. Get the hell off my station. Bester is down below on the hunt, and Lita tells him to fuck off, psychically slapping the bloodhounds. Interesting. Uh, Bester brings up an interesting point here. Is this yeah. actually telekinesis, or are you stimulating nerve endings in their uh -huh. brain to make them feel like they're being slapped? What an interesting distinction that is. It is, and it, I feel like saying that kind of sets it up for like, oh, maybe are we going to find out more about Lita's powers? Yeah. After the Vorlon alteration? I sure hope we are, but I don't know if we are. <laughs> well, And we've seen her do stuff like this in a similar manner where she's held shadow ships. It's like, are you physically holding the ship or right. are you controlling the pilot and making them do the thing? It's the same basic principle. And it's something Either that I don't way. think has been answered definitively. And I think yeah, it no. does matter. Yeah. Well, either way, she's obviously very strong now. But we've heard yeah. before that our attempts to make telekinesis a stronger power have resulted in insane telepaths, right? Yeah. That was back in season one with Mr. Ironheart, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, she didn't get pizza with Zach, so her judgment is suspect. <laughs> Poor Zach. Hmm. I'm team Zach over team Byron. He's creepy as hell. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. If I've Stupid, got a pick, greater than creepy. If I'm, if I'm playing matchmaker, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I'm not, I'm just silently observing fictional characters. <laughs> right. Right. 
<laughs> oh boy, but yeah, I want to know. Yeah. Do we have telekinesis? Do we have extremely strong telepathy? Um, or are we going to go insane? That could be fun. Well, fun <laughs> air quotes right right anyway it leaves a door open for lots of possibilities yeah they retreat under threat of accidentally getting stroked <laughs> Yikes. Seems bad. yeah byron reveals himself after they leave the teeps will space themselves out or whoa per word choice the teeps will spread themselves out amongst the station to hide and byron kisses lita Ooh. no it doesn't feel good i don't no, like it no i'm not a fan <laughs> um lockley confronts garibaldi to try and hash shit out he doesn't trust anyone get over it bester and her have a little bit of a positive history but she's up front i don't care if you get your revenge as long as it's quiet and not in front of me <laughs> yeah I think that's reasonable. I think that's a good thing. I mean, Garibaldi thinks it's reasonable. He's all like, well, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, let's do this. Hey, this thing that she talks about, this incident where Bester helped her out, Mm -hmm. was this, did this seem like it was in one of our books? I think this story might have been. Yeah. I think this was in one of our books. Yeah. I don't, it's been a while since we've read that one, Uh, but Mm -hmm. I do think that was in uh, Dead Relations, Psychor book two. Yeah, I think that that was a one of our stories. She wasn't mentioned, but it's nice to hear a call to one of the things that was yeah. our supplemental material. Yeah, we get another shout out to that, too, with his interaction with Byron at the end. Bester's interaction with Byron. Um, that said, I'm curious as to when the book was written and when these episodes were written. If they put these things in so that they could put it in a book later. Or if this book was already written, so they factored stuff into the episodes. Yeah. Either or if way, it's all it's fun. simultaneous. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. But which way did the, which was first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta know. Finally, Lockley and Garibaldi discuss her appointment. She was appointed because she can be a symbol for the other side, but will still back Sheridan when he's right and call bullshit when he's not. And he knows that from their failed marriage. Marriage, marriage is what brings us together today. <laughs> Jafar, I hate this. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I hate this because what the plot is implicitly implying is that men and women cannot have close relationships without them being romantic. And yeah. we could not have this trust that Ivanova and Sheridan had with this new person without throwing romance in there. Yeah, that's something that it, it's prevalent from male writers in particular, I notice. And it's very fucking skeezy yeah. every time. Yeah, uh, I don't mean to say anything about the negative about the great maker in regards to his personal life, mostly because I don't know anything about it to judge him. Maybe after I read becoming Superman, I might feel differently, Um, but probably not considering it's an autobiography. Um, I don't know enough. It just, it feels weird. It feels forced. Um, Mm -hmm. It feels lazy to be perfectly honest. And it feels like it undercuts women like that, you know, then 
then little girls like me who watch this and then have to go out into the workforce have the workforce that has had this message throughout all sorts of media that men and women mm -hmm. can't just work together and be close and, and trust one another. Like there has to be a romantic component. And right. I don't know. It, it's so frustrating. It is very frustrating. So don't like this plot would take out of reboot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is a way to even include that. I mean, and they say, you know, I'm not carrying the torch for each other and stuff like. Mm -hmm. Sure. Now we're going to work together professionally. They're not going to have like a. Yeah. A rekindling of anything or an affair. So that's good. But yeah, it's just like. Yeah, he trusts me because we were married for three months. It's just like that's. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, that is something that happens in the military, though, too. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know people it's happened to. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, who have done that thing. I know a couple people that's happened to. Um, and it's just like. That can happen. That does not need to be the reason that he trusts you, though. Right. Right. Um, there could have been some other. It's the military. High intensity situations happen all the time. You mm -hmm. could have some kind of event that you went through together and you're like, Hey, we were in that trench together. I trust this person with my life. You know? Yeah. doesn't have to be married. That it doesn't have that to be means romantic. more to be perfectly honest, yeah. you know, the, cause we're talking about a military setting in the first place. So having that kind of military situation being the reason for that trust is great. That that's a good logical thing to do. And professional. Yeah. I yeah. just, this whole third wife plot just really doesn't hit for me and it's very disappointing <laughs> yeah <sighs> uh zach calls for the request uh for security's help luckily says to send exactly what they need no more garibaldi stays locked up until bester is off the station lita watches a telepath get got to commercial we come back to her creeping blue sector seeing the caught dude bester smiles it feels terrible. Just like everything else in this fucking episode that we can't give enough time to breathe to actually. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. She she hears Byron calling out to her. Mm -hmm. And for some Why reason, does he no do one this? else. Yeah. This is like the least secure. Like you're literally actively hiding from telepaths. So you just like fuck, put up a fucking billboard on the side of the road. These are very good telepaths. We know Bester at least is very good. His bloodhounds have been personally selected. So theoretically, yeah. they are also very good. Like, why would you just broadcast? I mean, I don't know that maybe that's not an open channel, but it feels like it. I mean, he does immediately tell her that he's going to turn himself over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so maybe this is just he does it that way. <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> Like, like oh, I got I've already done minutes. it, so you yeah. can't stop me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She tries to beg him not to go, but he's going to do the martyr thing. Yep. Lockley convenes with the senior staff to try and find a solution or a loophole. No luck until talking to Franklin, where she gets an idea. Courtesy yeah, Franklin just wants to throw in his whole thing, his whole promotion in yeah. the Alliance while By we're way, trying to deal with this crisis. I got good news today. <laughs> Everyone else is all like, it's the worst fucking day. Why yeah. are you bringing this up? There's this big thing that's on fire, but I got a new job. 
yeah 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 but hey we needed that because that gives her a brilliant idea Mm -hmm. byron gets caught by the bloodhounds as they slow-mo down a hallway did were you confused did you feel like this wasn't real or yeah this felt weird yeah i was so confused i was like is it a setup is he about to like destroy these guys i didn't get it (laughs) i initially wrote byron fucks with the bloodhounds and had to cross it out yeah because i thought something was going on i broke byron is attacked maybe question mark (laughs) (laughs) so weird yeah speaking of so weird after this is when delenn asked jakar to be londo's bodyguard like what the (sighs) fuck she's like oh what a symbol it will be for a narn to do it and it's all like yeah remember two seasons ago when you had that badass narn bodyguard with a sword Where's my boy? Talon? Whatever. Yeah, where's yeah. he at? Fucking He's what's not going following on there? Sheridan around anymore. Right? We know that. He fucked up. Sheridan died. <laughs> I mean, he should have been following Sheridan around again, right? Because now the Narn are part of the Alliance. Sheridan should probably have, have like a, a secret guard. service. Yeah, right? Like this would be a great time to have him back. This show is just missing out. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Such yeah. disappointment. We'll have Jakar do it. So many things wrong with that. Like, never mind that the Narn have been subjugated by the Centauri for a long time in history and again recently. Yeah. Let's just put this guy underneath. Who who was tortured in this room by the Centauri Emperor. Yeah. And they're like, oh, a Narn in the throne room of the Centauri. Ha 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 ha. That will be so. Ju- juicy and funny and it's like wasn't juicy and funny before <laughs> he's definitely been in that room and he should definitely be mad about it yeah it's so <laughs> fucked it's so fucked and it's so frustrating yeah Lockley won't hand the teeps over because they might have some unknown viruses they need to be quarantined 60 days until bester can take them yeah okay so cool. he's just gonna leave huh all gonna take all his bloodhounds with him not gonna leave anybody behind to like watch for 60 days yeah just (laughs) i would 100 percent be like cool i guess i'm staying on the station for 60 days and if our cameo budget can't afford to pay me for that time in the next four or five episodes i'm gonna leave two of these non-speaking bloodhound extras to walk around in background for the next 60 days (laughs) Yeah, this is so weird. They're not leaving Byron's side the entire time. We're already all exposed to the virus, so we must be quarantined too. I was yeah. just touching this guy. Of course I'm quarantined as well. That would make sense. Yep. <laughs> yep. But he just like takes it with a frowny face. Mm. Yeah, well, Bester could I have just I'll like kissed Byron right here and been all like, I'm also infected. Guess I'm waiting. Can't leave for 60 days. Put me in the same room. Yeah. (laughs) This is just okay. Ugh. And so Lockley is just going to leave the door open on her way out and let the telepaths go after Bester's gone. Mm Mm-hmm. She says, she tells him that she's bought him some time (laughs) and then the telepaths all get back together. Yeah. And the way that Lita looks at him is definitely not creepy at all. Yeah. <sighs> uh, and then the teeps have a, uh, a glee club meeting. 
So this is the song, huh? Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I have to talk about something else before we get to this. Okay, go for it. Fucking Lockley here talks about with Corwin over dinner real quick about solving the immediate problem and then solving the next problem. And her example is jumping out of a burning building on the seventh story. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I've solved the immediate problem. Now I've got two seconds to solve the falling problem instead of like figure a way down to the sixth floor, which is the same analogy just makes much more sense. But it feels like the script writing for this episode was solving the immediate problem and jumping out the fucking window. (laughs) Hey, I found a joke. (laughs) You did find a joke and it was very good. I enjoyed it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Delenn hooks up Londo and Jakar and sends them off to Centauri Prime. Yeah. And we have more jokey jokes from them about window versus aisle what's the deal with airplane peanuts do you think wando reclines a seat 100 percent, 100 percent he does and jakar never does does. nope nope and jakar is very nice to the waitress right yeah the the steward yeah londo's like where's my bravari even though it has to be stored at these ridiculous conditions otherwise it tastes terrible knowing Mm -hmm. that we're on an airplane (laughs) he wants that bad little tiny bottle of bravari doesn't 100 percent and he's going to try and get it for free, even though he's the emperor. Yeah. No No matter how short this flight is, too. He wants yeah, it. For sure. Yeah. Could be 20 minutes. Could be a puddle jump. Doesn't matter. Where, where's my Bravari? And then uh, Glee Club. Yeah. Okay. Why are they singing with their human mouths? They notably, they don't speak the entire time. That's uh-huh. their thing. Is it's all like we only see them speak when Lita's there or they're talking to another character. Mm-hmm. And most of the time we don't even hear their co- occasionally. I think they've cut in and played some like audio with mouths closed. Right. Yeah. But it's just like the whole thing is that they don't speak. Why the fuck are they singing? Te- they should be singing telepathically. They right. And here's the thing. Like my human mouth and vocal cords have limitations, right? I'm only going so low and I'm only going so high and I'm only doing such things. If I'm telepathically singing with my mind, my voice can be whatever I want it to be. Yeah. It could be so interesting. Right. But we're sitting here choosing to sing with our mouths. And how much cooler would this scene have been, even if it's the same audio and just everyone's mouths are closed the entire time. You just don't see them physically singing. It would be so much cooler and it'd be so easy. <laughs> yeah. Especially now. Yeah. Yeah. And Lead is watching on from some shadows or something. Yeah. Right? She takes off her badge and gloves. To oh, credits. yes. She joins and she she takes off the badge yeah. and gloves. She's one of them. Both... Officially. Yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> okay, Jafar. <sighs> I feel like we've hinted at it a little bit. But I really want to know, how do you rate this episode on our scale of Babylon's one to five? There are worse episodes in this season. Truly, yeah. And this episode, it's not great. It's definitely, it definitely has its faults. But 
is it as bad as it could have been? Is that where we're at with the scale right now? That's season five of Babylon five. <laughs> could the, I'm no longer asking myself, could this episode have been better with one small tweak? I'm now asking myself, could this episode have been worse with one small tweak? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think it could have been. So I'm going to give it, it a two. It definitely could have been worse. Yes, that's I'm at there. I think it is below average. I think this episode should have been two episodes. Yes, right? I mean, I know only because I don't want any of the things that happen in this episode to happen. Yeah, I'm just thinking like if we have to have an assassination plot, it should have been bigger and it should have been its own. Well, we just think, we're just episode. he's just going for the tally at this point. How many assassination plots have we had in Babylon 5? How many did I predict or write in the story Bible 10 years ago? Okay, let me add another couple real quick. Check them off because there's more to come still. There are more assassination plots on the road ahead, and it's not a long road ahead. Yeah, I feel like there could be more Londo assassination plots ahead. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's emperor now of a very, you know, unstable race. They've just lost a big conflict. And yeah, I feel like that's assassination fodder you know what i want what i really want this to be i do want this to be a two-parter i want to push back our next episode our next two episodes probably right Mm -hmm. sure um maybe combine a little bit of our next episode and pull some stuff from a couple episodes ahead Mm -hmm. bring it here and just end this telepath storyline with a two-parter of bester on the station yeah then you get more bester yeah Give me a two-parter of him actively hunting these telepaths. Show Lita's crisis of conscience and mm-hmm. have her help at the beginning still. But then she gets pulled into the Psycor side of things a bit more than she does in this against yeah, her will. Sure. And Bester is shitty to her. And that's one of the reasons she remembers how terrible the Psycor is. Yeah. Um, sees the alternative, realizes she made a mistake. She doesn't need them. And then mm-hmm. give us like cool episodes, give us cool telepathic stuff. Have them sing with their minds. Have them do cool shit to fuck with the bloodhounds and drag it out over a couple of episodes. Over two episodes, you could do all kinds of cool stuff where they're like running down that hallway and then Byron's not there, you know, and just make it a fucking house of mirrors down in down below with these telepaths fucking with the bloodhounds. Make us question reality. Like go fucking watch uh, the Doctor Strange movie with the shit and the transforming well, obviously, they couldn't have done that back in the day. The CGI was not there for that. But, you know, like the things <laughs> where like the floors become the walls and shit and all the cool mm-hmm. shit that they do in that movie. Give yeah. us that shit. That'd give, be give so us some, cool. Just even some bloodhound nosebleeds. Like they're chasing somebody and then all of a sudden something happens to them or we see them suffer a little bit. We see a little back and forth. Mm-hmm. Lots of cat and mouse. Like you give this, you make this two episodes somehow, you get more of that. Give us an answer with Lita, too. Ugh. Yeah. I like our episodes better. (laughs) Definitely no personal bias there. Yeah. It's almost like we've had 30 years to think about how we'd improve a thing that we don't like (laughs) instead of two weeks to write an episode of television. You know. So weird. But yeah, I I would go with a two. It's a little bit below average to me, but Mm -hmm. uh, the materials are there. It's just all crammed together too fast. So tell me, what are we going to do next time? Next up, we have season five, episode seven, Secrets of the Soul. 
a telepath is yeah. assaulted, and the others vow revenge. The Hayek are hiding their medical history, and Dr. Franklin tries to find out why. Oh, this feels like maybe something that was hinted at in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. Yeah. Secrets of the Souls really sounds like it should involve a soul hunter, though, right? <laughs> it does. And the Hayek kind of look like them. Like looking at the little the little thummy nail there. Um, and the Soul Hunter movie aired in between a couple of these episodes, if memory serves. Interesting. But we'll do River that of Souls, yes. after. Yeah, River of Souls. We're going to do that after season five. Yeah. Well, that's that. All we have left to do is say thank you. Thanks, Jeremy Siegel. We really love our theme music, and we wouldn't have it without you. You're the only Jeremy Siegel, as far as we're concerned, when it comes to composing music. You can find more of Jeremy's work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com and on your streaming services as Nuclear Jaguar. And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Aaron, for editing this podcast. We know this one was rough uh, with my internet cutting out halfway through the recording and everything else that happened. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a heavy lift. So sorry. And thank you to you, the listener, for being here with us. We enjoyed sharing this with you. I hope you enjoyed it as well. And if you want to talk more about this episode or others, you can join us on our Discord or email us at whoareub5 at gmail.com. We're on the blue sky as well. Yeah, and Facebook. Yeah. We'll interact with you wherever you want. Social media. I hate it. All right. Well, we'll see you next week, Internet. Bye.